Steel Nation. What is up, everybody? That's better every time. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we are once again here. Uh, what's the PH deal? Greetings and welcome to the podcast where we try to demystify the scientific PhD process for, for all manner of people. Either you're going through a PhD, you're thinking about doing a PhD, or even just people curious about what it's like. Maybe you have some relative you haven't seen in a while who looks like he's lacking sleep. You can find out what their world is like. You can check out the website associated with us at realphdeal.com. And if you want to email us, we have an email set up just for that phdealmail at gmail.com. And you will also find those in our uh, show notes for whatever podcast app you're listening to. Just feel free to check it out. Send us emails. We would love to get them. Uh, any comments, criticisms, things you loved about pod, hated about the pod, any questions, any any potential topics you want us to take a stab at. And just a quick disclaimer, our, the podcast reflects only our views. It's no way meant to represent any of the views of our institutions or organizations we're associated with. It's just basically us trying to give you some straight dope. We also promise our best to give you the best helpful advice based on our knowledge and experience, but honestly, I'm sure we won't agree on everything ourselves. So just take it with a grain of salt. And we are all scientific PhDs, so we'll concentrate mostly on that type of PhD, but of course, send any kind of questions related to PhD life at all. So with that all said, let's get on to the episode. So today, uh, my name is Luis Estevez, and I'd like to introduce you to our... Today, he is Luis Estevez. <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow, maybe somebody else. No, no and hashtag imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely perfect. I'm, I may be I may be an imposter. Nobody knows. And that is our topic for today. We're going to be we're going to be handling imposter syndrome. Of course, we have with us Rajan. Hello, hello. Yeah, we got Liz. Hey. Currently at the, uh, at a conference, so she's going beyond the call of duty. Oh wait, no, you just came back from conference. Never mind, you're right there. Yeah, she's physically physically here, Liz. Yeah. Oh, where am I? I don't even know. Again. Oh. Or it could be her <laughs> And of course, uh, our 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 lover of all things Missouri, we have Elias and Zakis. The great Midwest. The show me state, if you will. Like, uh, yeah. You know. yeah, we can show it. We can show it. <laughs> so, so as, as said, our topic for today will be imposter syndrome. We're going to hit this topic head on. It is something that everyone goes through. So you may be wondering, what is imposter syndrome? I'm going to try to set the scene for what it was for me and, and what it is for probably a lot of folks. Uh, you're in grad school. You're pursuing a PhD. You know, could be a major school of higher learning. Yeah, your name could be Luis. Who knows? Everyone, <laughs> everyone seems to think you're smart. And of course... <laughs> You're going out to grad school. Everyone's like, of course, that's natural. You're like really smart. You're doing well. You get there. You can realize very quickly that you're out of depth and, and that there's really, really smart people all around. And all of a sudden, you start to realize like, holy crap, I may have made a giant mistake. How did I get here? Do I belong here? Do I have this, the prerequisite skills to, to survive here, much less uh, do well? And you start to second guess question and, and worry that you're just basically there because you're lucky or you're charming or who knows what. This is quite common. Basically, it's mitigating the, the achievements you, you've done to, to get there and kind of ignoring them and just forgetting what got you there and basically making you feel like a fraud that you don't belong there and that you know you can be found out any day that you, that you don't belong there. So it's a topic near and dear to my heart and I'm sure to everybody else. 
and we all kind of go through this uh, from time to time. I st- occasionally, it still h- hits me. I'm like, oh my God, I'm totally out of my depth. What the hell am I doing here? So that that is our topic for today. I have personally undergone this, especially early on. I can start with my imposter syndrome story, if you want. That's great. <laughs> Let me get the topic warmed up. Uh, so it, that's tough to get into, right? Because you, you, you're there. You, they've invested in you. They've brought you to the school. They think the world of you, and they've, you know, you're going to do this PhD. You've gone through this rigorous process to get there, and then you get there, and you start to feel, holy crap, I don't know enough. And for me personally, I went into a material science program from a mechanical engineering program. So all of a sudden, and it was a chemistry heavy one. And the chemistry that I took as as a Mickey, I didn't really care about, and it wasn't that important to me because I didn't realize I'd be doing a lot of it for my PhD work. So I knew how to balance equations, and I knew some combustion processes. It was like basically gen chem. And then I get into a program that's that's chemistry heavy. I'm working with nanomaterials, so now I'm starting to worry about quantum effects and other things, and I never even took a quantum mechanics course. Everybody seems to, to kind of know all these things that I don't know. So it just right away, you just feel like, man, this, this could be a terrible mistake. And you kind of wonder how you got there, you know, like why you got there. Like it, it doesn't really have to do with your achievements, and especially when you meet the other incoming students, which seem to have, have it all together. Like they seemed uh, to me to come from fields that kind of made more sense. Some came from material science, so that they seem to have a, a head up on everybody else as far as knowing like what to expect in the program. Others came with chemistry backgrounds, and to me, they were just like magicians doing something that I didn't know how to do. So right off the bat, you you just, I mean, I, I really, I was like, I'm not going to make it here long, but let me just, let me just uh, try to make it work and see what happens. So I, that was something that I overwhelmingly felt as a, as a grad student and, and felt like I probably didn't belong there and that at some point I was going to get found out. And then my advisor would come to me and be like, look, we made a big mistake and bring you here. Clearly you realize it because everyone seems really smart and knows what they're doing and you you don't. And it's and it's something that now when I think back on it, it, it doesn't seem obviously like not the case. But at the time, I thought very much that was the case. And I was like, I'm not going to make it past the first year. And I, I actually told my wife, Erin, who was my girlfriend. Yes, she was, no, she was my wife at the time. Uh, we just got married. And then I'm like, okay, be prepared to move in a year. This, I'm not going to last here long, but we'll see. We'll try to make it happen and whatever happens, happens. So that 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 was how I felt. And it definitely hit me hard, but I, I got through it. And then you realize that this is more or less normal and and also to be expected based on the conditions that, that you're encountering when you go into grad school, like a completely different type of program than undergrad, as, as we've hit many times in the past. So how about you guys? Do you have any uh, heart-wrenching, gut-wrenching uh, stuff you want to talk about, about feeling uh, inadequate in grad school or, or feeling like an imposter? Yeah, more like uh, last week. I mean, don't have to do that. <laughs> and, and yeah, about that, I mean, these kinds of, the, the, just the nature of research, you know, the way research works, it's not as if you do that, you write that extra paper or do an extra experiment, and then suddenly, you know, everything is figured out for that research topic, you know, <laughs> and now humanity is, understands this new knowledge that you have disseminated. That's right. Or you don't know everything still. You're yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, achievements are rewarded in our academic systems uh, and failures are not. But at the same time, uh, failures are often just there and highlighted much, much more than achievements are because most of the time, you know, things don't work. 
and you have to figure out and you're troubleshooting and solving problems. And uh, so I remember when I went for my master's degree back home in Lebanon at a larger university than my undergrad was, I mean, yeah, I felt out of depth socially at the scientific level in many ways. And then I came to the US and obviously uh, at the top, at the research university, that's next level as well. So these kinds of things, uh, they, they just don't go away. Obviously, I, I think I, I think I've noticed that even well-established scientists kind of have that feeling, but maybe at a higher level. So for a grad student, they would be thinking that, oh, I think I can't compete in this graduate program and all that stuff like Luis just mentioned. And for an established scientist, you know, they have these uncertainties and doubts and thoughts as to, sure. oh, I think I will not be that at the frontier of this research field, or I will not find that huge breakthrough. And people kind of have self-doubt. And scientists by nature are very inquisitive and self, you know, self-inquisitive and curious. And obviously, that comes with all those mental struggles as well, in some sense. And uh, the job lends itself nicely to imposter syndrome. It's, it's- <laughs> It is a perfect petri dish for for imposter syndrome. It really is. Uh, right. Yeah, just just to give some. I actually looked this up. I did I did a little research for this topic, like which means. Whoa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow! Look at that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As if it's our job. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did a Google search and, and looked up one article, but that's that's some. <laughs> you know, one data point is is still data, I guess. But uh, but apparently, like according to a well respected journal, seventy percent of people feel imposter syndrome at some point in their lives. That seems low. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> well, this is everybody, right? So I think if you're in grad school, it's got to be like like ninety nine percent or more. It's got to be a hundred. Like I don't know. Yeah. It, it, like <laughs> if you have a Twitter account, it's like two hundred percent. I mean, it's it's real. It, it happens to everybody. I, I I would say what what to follow up on what Elias said about um, being a perfect cultivating petri dish for imposter syndrome. I mean, you couldn't ask for like a better series of events to to set you up for imposter syndrome. I mean, you're going from undergraduate to graduate, which, like as we covered before, is completely different. You're going from a a, a system where it's basically boilerplate and you just, you know, you take exams, you do well in exams, you're, do, you're doing well and you're, you're smart and you just move on, move on, go from one course to the next. And it's very like, do the work, get the reward, do the work, get the reward. You jump into grad school, it's completely different. You have to figure out like what you're going to do research on, why it's important. It's a whole different way of doing research. And there's a ton of failure. Like you've gone from being, if you're in grad school pursuing uh, higher education, usually you've, you've done very well as an undergrad. So you're used to being the top of the class, near your top of your class, and then all of a sudden you go to a place where you're 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 very average. And we as human beings, we have a tendency to rate ourselves, and and even worse, rate ourselves within a local area, right? So you don't think, oh, I'm one of the very rare one percent of people who are pursuing a PhD or whatever the number would be. You think I'm I'm one of these fifteen people that are in my graduate class and they all seem really smart and really competent i'm the dummy i'm like the bottom of of my of my class so you you can kind of, you or you or you look to older grad students who kind of have a little more experience and have kind of you know accomplished a bit more and then you or you look at professors and you're like how the hell can i ever be someone like this person seems to have it all figured out yeah. and so you start to compare yourself in your in your 
within your local sphere and you're the brand new person in a completely new set of circumstances. So right away you start to feel inadequate and then that feeds into self-doubt and then you, and it's like a vicious cycle where you start to feel like an imposter and that you don't belong there. I mean, it's, it's, it's a perfect, perfect Petri dish for this kind of thing. I mean, almost everyone you're interacting with is also a high achieving, yeah. self-motivated PhD person. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, it's different. Yeah. It just makes it uh, different. And then on top, I think something that to add to what you guys were saying earlier is that beyond your own questioning, the like attitude, there may be situations in which the external world is questioning you, mm. you know, and that can kind of add another layer of oh, this person, you know, like I'm getting this kind of feedback from this maybe supervisor or like um, someone more senior than you. And then maybe even if you were super confident or something about some, um, you might be getting some, maybe, I don't want to say negative, but sort of feedback that makes you second guess what you're doing. Um, right. I think that can also. Right. And like, so if you, if you come uh, preset into this Petri dish of like, of, of self-doubt, and then someone just gives you like a little nudge by saying like, hey, this is not going as well as I thought. I thought you'd be better at this then right, boom, it just kind of like, just exacerbates that whole feeling. So I feel like like uh, it's kind of a, a same pattern that we see with uh, no matter where you are coming from, uh, which program or, you know, uh, what state or country or and doesn't matter. The, the reason we feel the same uh, effects is like we all feel... Uh, it's the first thing comes from the doubt, right? Self-doubt and that doubt creates and, and then our, our mind goes on to creating that uh, like false reasoning for that doubt. And it's like, no, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't belong here. And then you create like, oh, the reason I don't belong here is because I don't have that this or that certification or, or degree or, or whatever the other person that you are looking at uh, has. So you try to set that target and then you try to achieve that. And once you achieve that and you still don't feel that because mm-hmm. you, you are still in that. Good calling, yeah. Yeah, right. Because in, uh, and then you feel, and it's like, no, no, no. Uh, I also need this another additional thing in, in top of this degree uh, because, hey, maybe I need to do postdoc after this PhD. PhD is not enough. I just, um, I'm, uh, I need to practice what I have just learned and, so basically, you are in that stuck in this loop, which never ends, uh, unless you actually work towards. Uh, like it, it's hard to get get rid of this, get out of this cycle. Yeah, or find a more sustainable thought pattern. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like Elias said. Like you know, it happens today. It happens a week ago. It happens when I when I went from my PhD and I got this like really nice postdoctoral fellowship and i was like oh wow this this the a normal person would be like you must be really smart like wow you're i'm just like oh my god this is they're totally gonna find me out now <laughs> like like yeah. like i and then you go to you know you kind of feel confident you feel like okay yeah i can do this what i'm doing and then you're like you know you kind of like go oh yeah i've, I've got this you know i've done this phd work i'm really valuable in my group i do all this great stuff i've knocked out all these papers and then you get to, to the actual new position, like for this this fellowship, and you meet all the other fellows, and you're just like, what? The? And they're just, you know, they're all so accomplished, and they're like, oh, I've done this and I've done that, 
I, I met with the president and I was given like, you know, uh, <laughs> high fives from uh, Nobel Prize winners. And you're just like, what? And, like everyone's like doing all this great stuff. And you're like, oh, how am I going to like hang with these people? Like they're, they're really, really uh, accomplished. And so like th- those things just can hit you right again, even after you finish your PhD and you're like, okay, I'm officially Dr. Luis. I'm like, I got my stuff together. I know what I'm doing. I got this thesis. I, I know what I'm talking about. And you, you can go into a new situation and feel it just all over again. You're just like, oh my goodness, like, how am I going to compete with these guys? Like, because you just can't help, but like you instantly start reading yourself, like, and you, you start going like, oh, am I like, the, the low achievement one of this group or am I like, you know, like am, yeah, how am I going like, to be exactly. able to like, yeah. Yeah. So it can be really overwhelming, like even beyond grad school, but, and, and then not to mention that as we spoke previously, like grad school is just a lot of failure, right? You're going to fail a lot. Like, and that doesn't do much for your ego as well. So, I mean, you have to learn how to, how to take the failure and you can be really good at it, but it's still going to drag you a little bit, you know, just not being successful and and these can exacerbate these feelings as well so it's just a complete perfect little like breeding ground for 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 cultivating a lot of imposter syndrome and so like a lot of people feel it and it's just and everyone's hitting it at some point you know there are also these kind of feedback effects when you're feeling down you go check twitter or <laughs> academic social media and then someone published a paper and someone just graduated. Someone met the president and, like you said, posted <laughs> And uh, this, I mean, obviously, lots of people have commented and written dissertations on, you know, mental health problems in the social media age. And but, and it's just, uh, that's that's the world we live in now. It, it exacerbates those kinds of feelings when you uh, kind of feel more and more that you're underachieving. And... What ties into this is if you're working longer hours, you're not sleeping very well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're not yeah. doing other stuff yeah. other than work uh, and not being productive at that either. Yeah, uh, it, your productivity is gonna be shitty. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it will be uh, not good. Exactly. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Let's, it's, let's, it's, it's just we are human. Like it, it, it we are no matter how many hours you are going to sit at the desk, it's not, it's not going to come out. Like yeah. you need, your brain needs a, a break from that and a proper break. Like a, you need to set up a, a separate hours of work and then separate hours to de-stress from whatever you're doing. If you can't do that, it's, it's, you're, you're going to be part of that cycle, which never ends. Yeah. And sorry to cut you off from your no, that's exactly it. Yeah. And that was really that's... shitty of you, Rajan, by the way. I, uh... <laughs> we'll slap yeah, a parental I'm, advisor. I'm not sure what platform we'll be on, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it, we'll, we'll put a, a language advisory on it and it'll give us, <laughs> it'll give us a street cred with the kids. Oh. Don't worry. This is probably going to be an over 18 audience. So all, hazard, yes. <laughs> so all you 13-year-old prodigies program that was an adult. It happens constantly. And you know, you will have successes and you will have good times, of course, when you do your PhD, you have to. I mean, it's otherwise like what kind of life is this? But I mean, this is just 
part of it. And what Rajan says is true. It's not uh, a bad idea to take a break because if your whole world is your research uh, and which it will be a major part of it, of course, when you do your PhD, but you have to have a little bit out, just carve out a little. I know it can be really difficult, but you have to carve out just a tiny bit so that when that whole world of yours is failing and you're, you're not, you know, you're not being as successful as you want, which happens all the time in grad school, then your whole identity isn't failure. You can be failing in the lab, not getting a lot, a lot of stuff done that you want done, but some of your time is spent knitting or running or whatever. You have some hobby and you're like a pretty good knitter. It's like, okay, fine. Like I got this thing handled. Like you just, it's nice to have little victories outside to kind of reaffirm that like, okay, I can get stuff done if I need to in other ways. And it's, it's nice to have different hobbies. Like I think that's a really good point, Raja. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I, that brings us to the point, like, this is one of the ways how you deal with the sim- syndrome, because you, uh, first of all, like, we acknowledge that it's going to happen. And uh, I mean, it, I mean if, 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 if it doesn't, that's great. Like, you are one of those, <laughs> that the, the point, one of the top 1%. <laughs> Please uh, uh, that, <laughs> uh, but I mean, if it happens, just, just uh, accept it rather than fighting yeah. that. And uh try to see how you can get out of it. And this, that's uh, what Luis just mentioned. That's one of the ways you can focus on the positive part of your life and use that energy to go back, uh, to uh, to drive that energy back to your work and be, uh, be productive at that. Yeah, I've had like a whole week where I've just come to the realization after trying so many different things that don't work that I'm like, I could have just stayed home all week and like played video games and gotten the same results. Like this is kind of very soul sucking, you know, at times. You would have gotten better results with the video game though. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. So it's important to like have, look, you're, you're a grad student, you're going to spending a ton of time doing your research, but you kind of need to have just a little sliver of a different identity to kind of help you deal with being successful at something while you're failing at something else. You don't want your whole identity wrapped up to, to be a grad student. Of course, it's going to be a major part of it, but you kind of need something else. Also, the thing about that, the, the something else in your life, it's not as if it's necessarily taking more time from your work. Actually, it's the contrary. If you Producti- productivity begets productivity. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, that's a t shirt. Check on the store. No one will buy that. <laughs> <laughs> but if you have a 5 p.m. Uh, appointment or you plan to go to the gym or a concert or whatever, or some hobby that you have, you're doing some carpentry or you want to feed your dog or walk your dog or do exercise. By the way, what is people? Or you're swimming, swimming, <laughs> swimming in the Columbia River or whatever. Yeah. Um, at 5 p.m. Don't, don't go swimming at No, no, no. <laughs> if you have something at 5 p.m., the way your day is set up, you're looking forward to that. Yeah. You're, you're more excited. You're uh, galvanize that work you want to finish your stuff yeah be done and go back at 5 p.m right yeah. actually exercise you get all that uh, your body is happy again you're regulated you get those hormonal endorphin thing and then you sleep well that night which is great yeah, yeah. incredibly yeah. underrated skill I, uh, <laughs> I agree and then wake up the next day Whereas if you didn't have anything set up, you'd say tasks take longer. You know, yeah. right. oh, I have all night. Yeah, I have all day. Liz, do you want to say something? <laughs> uh... <laughs> 
so many things to say. I was going to say uh, that I feel like exercise or something or doing other things. Like it sends a signal to your brain. Like if you go for a run, like say you go for a long run or something like this, it sends a signal to your brain. I can, I have endurance or you go mm. into the gym, you lift weights. I'm strong. So like so, something that I think is important um, or, you know, may be important to other people also is that you, like if you're going through something where it's like an imposter syndrome thing where you don't feel like you're good enough or whatever the thoughts you might have if you're doing something else that maybe sends signals to your brain that are you are capable you are strong you can do hard things then you kind of you know can pull yourself out of it yeah um, out of the imposter syndrome thing but it doesn't have to be like gym or running these are just the things that to me send the strongest signals yeah. to myself that Okay, I can do hard things, like, or, um, you know, gets you out of, like, uh, just a work mode or something yeah, like that. It, yeah, it change of change of scenery, channel, change of uh, place. Uh, yeah, it, no. it, it basically putting your, because your mind has been so soaked up in your work. Right. This other way yeah, of, space, oh, yeah. For sure. And, and always remember, like, the guy, like, whenever you are, if you're pursuing a PhD and or a master or any grad uh, or any uh, a point in your life, whatever you are trying to achieve, uh, make, remember that like that number of people doing that particular task is very small, and so it's and not everyone is successful from the get go. So it, it's yeah. it's very normal to go through these things and accept it and just uh, be okay with it and um, just keep keep at it and yeah. and you gain confidence from doing right yeah so yeah. just keep and something that i was thinking about today was how when i started running like this was just a parallel i was thinking about when i started running like just like maybe a mile or a couple miles whatever i so people maybe around me were like oh you like running you're a runner but i was like i'm not a runner gosh that's ridiculous and then i started running more and I was like, maybe I would think that if I could run like a marathon, maybe by maybe then I would call myself a runner. Like, and you can kind of, and even so, then. So you went into another <laughs> imposter syndrome cycle. Yeah. What does that say about the rest of us? Yeah. 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 It doesn't really matter. Like I doesn't matter if I can run a mile, two miles, three miles, fifty miles. I'm a runner. Like same thing with science. Like it doesn't matter if you're like a senior scientist, you know, right. whatever. You you you're still the scientist. Like it doesn't can, matter. You know? Can I say something about that story specifically? Sure. I mean, <laughs> was that too off topic? I don't know. Because no, no, no actually, perfect. Exactly, it's exactly on topic. Because it, it feels know, relevant to me. But. Sometimes you really don't know what's going on in other people's minds, and you're thinking that you're way out of your league, without realizing that those people also have doubts. Yes, that's how, how life is. So I remember when you and Joanne used to run, and Rajan used to run, used to run like ten miles in me five minutes or something I, like that. Uh, and not I, not, so not with Joanne, but no, yeah, I got your point. But, but yeah. you know, for, for me... You would that, do the activity. Yeah, yeah that, sure, that sure. would inspire me to run and uh, to start exercising more. And mm -hmm. I think I told you folks that yeah, at yeah, the time. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and so now you're saying 
for you it was like you don't even consider yourself a runner but yeah. for someone on the other side yeah 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 incredibly inspirational yeah and it's the same in science you know right right yeah you, yeah you think oh wow those people are running 5k or quote-unquote publishing yeah. Yeah, yeah. right 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 and struggles you yeah, know yeah, that's right, how life is right. you know uh, it's a spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. And 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 honestly, this brings uh, another topic to, to to how to deal with imposter syndrome is is use the people around you. Like you know, you're you're all in this together. Like you are basically in this cauldron of of failure <laughs> together. I mean, you're you're all going to be failing. You're all going to be feeling imposter syndrome. You're all going to so you know you may think like i know me personally when i was uh in grad school starting out the, the class i came in with was relatively big for our program it was like a good 10 to 15 of them and they all seemed so crazy competent and then you're just like oh my god like how am i gonna hang with these people and then as you start to like talk with them and, and learn from them you find that they feel exactly the same way and you're like what are you talking about you totally know everything and you you're like really smart and like just killing it and they're like and they would bring up something like what are you what are you talking about like you're 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 like doing x y and z and you're like oh yeah i did do that i totally forgot about that like that is kind of cool and they're like yes like and i'm just they're like i have no idea how to do that and then you start to realize like holy crap we're like in this together and everyone's feeling it's like nobody like your your first day at grad school no one like the orientation no one says like okay you're gonna feel really shitty at one point and feel like you're you're a complete imposter that's cool you know it's fine it's normal like so, so you just, you think you're like, sometimes uh, for most people and for me as, as well, like you think you're the only one going through this. You think everyone's like, else is completely confident as, as they look and they're just cranking it. And then you start talking to them and you realize, hey, they're in this too. And then you can kind of help each other out. Like just by realizing that you're in it together and you're kind of feeling the same way, you, that really kind of helps a lot with dealing with it. And just even having someone to like bounce to rant together, be like, oh, I can't stand this aspect of the program. Or like, then you, you start to realize that you have a lot of similarities and you're, you're in this together. Like really, really lean on your fellow uh, colleagues. Like it's, yeah. it, I can't express that enough. Like it's something that not enough people do. And you're, you're kind of uh, thrown into the program and you're kind of just trying to survive. So as a result, you you may not, uh, think right away to, to join together, but holy cow, it makes everything so much easier. Just finding like-minded individuals going through the same thing. You know, it's just, it's, it's vital. It's, it's vital for your survival. You need this kind of uh, feedback uh, from others and realizing you're in this together. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome. I think, uh, I think community, like generally, just the concept of community is something that all humans need. Yes. So regardless of what you're doing, if it's like a PhD or something, something like that, postdoc, et cetera. You, I mean, community is just kind of important to our mental health. Um, so, right, I totally agree. Yeah, so I mean- what your community in anything, I guess. And for this situation, it'd be your fellow grad students. Yeah, it's, it's very similar to like having your, your running uh, community, right? Or like any other community, you, you start to feel like, you're like, I could never do that. I can never be like this person. And then you realize they've had the same doubts. They've had the same struggles. And you kind of realize you're, you're way more similar than, than than you thought. And then you realize, holy cow, they seem to be killing it. Maybe I can do really well as well. Like it's, Kill it. Maybe I can kill it. <laughs> yeah. Kill it. yeah. That's, that's, that's more lingo for the street, for the, for the, yeah. for, for the, the youth PhD nation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Luis, you know, one other thing that exacerbates this 
for researchers. You know, if you're a banker or or a mechanic or work in a restaurant or uh, work in some manufacturing company, any kind of job, often you can see the productivity in front of. So you fixed yes, yes. three cars, okay, or right, yeah. or uh, you know you developed so and so you sold so and so products right. that day. But for researchers, you know, it's very abstract, which I always found funny because, you know, the uh, summary of a manuscript we call abs- we literally call it abstract. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, come on, that's nice, nice. We need, come on, scientists, that's very bad messaging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It must be pretty concrete. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Abstract. Yeah. And, and in fairness, I mean, to be honest, sometimes the projects, and Drajan said this, sometimes, obviously, the projects are way too specific and really kind of abstract. So if you're working on the fractal colloidal <laughs> aggregation of aluminum oxide nanoplatelets influence on rheology of solutions. And you're speaking another language. Wait, right? <laughs> yes, this your paper you're just <laughs> <learning>. <laughs> Bumping, bumping your views. Does this count as a citation? <laughs> <laughs> so and we can make that happen. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You, you can't gauge enough the value. Let's say, honestly, you, you often, very often as researchers, you cannot immediately gauge the value of the work that you're doing. That's right. Which very much propagates this imposter syndrome, this feeling of not being productive, not doing something useful. That's right. Because you can't see it in front of you. You can't. You're not cranking out 10 widgets a day. You're just, you're cranking yeah. out, you're, you're cranking out 10 hours a day. And sometimes it feels completely useless. Like you, you haven't done anything. You yeah and and this is the nature of research you, like and it's it's like this because it, and like you said uh, last last week Ellie it's like if you're if you're not failing you're not trying hard enough like you have to fail like this is just what is inherent in this in this uh in in this world and and it's totally you know it's totally normal but as much as you know it we're we're humans right and we like to feel some kind of success but like. You know, you just have to realize that when you ju- when you're like, okay, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z today, and then so you go into the lab, and then all of a sudden you're like, ah, this for some reason there's a leak in the line for some gas or something. I have to figure out what. Then you gotta you gotta work that, and then this thing's not right, and then who who put this item here? Because you have to deal with other lab mates that maybe like don't put things where they're supposed to be, and and all of a sudden your your whole day like takes longer, and then when you finally get to the actual work. All of a sudden, it doesn't work, and it doesn't work the way you want, and you're like, I just spent ten hours getting nothing done, it, and it can, it, it feels like you, but you, you've actually moved towards uh, getting to success. It's just you have to fail to get there. It's 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 hard to to say. I, it's easy to say I've made ten. What'd you say? It's hard to say I failed ten hours worth today, and that's good because it brings me closer to success. But it's it that's kind of what it is, though. It's it's just tough to come to that realization. Yeah. Another way you can like, I feel like sometimes it helps. Uh, maybe not for everyone, but some, some for some reason, some people needs like visual visualization of you of their achievements. So I feel like whatever you feel you have done in the past, you can either print it out or put it uh, mm-hmm. on your desk or, or your workplace, and and you, wherever you can see them. Uh, that I don't know. It could be a photo. It could be a certificate. It could be. Uh, a diploma or or a trophy that won, you won while running uh, 
yeah. uh, anything that could uh, spark that uh, the positivity. Uh, uh, if yeah. it's pictures it's of your kids, if you have kids, oh, it's, uh, yeah, 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 it does. Like it does help. Yeah, like it, it's like, hey, I did that. I have yeah. done that, and this is this is <laughs> who I am. More to life, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's more to life. It just gives you a bigger picture, and then that it just the worry of like, oh, that stupid abstract that you are trying to write, <laughs> yeah. it goes away. <laughs> no, that that's true. Like even small things, like I. So where I went to school, uh, it, it there's a ton of gorges and bridges and all kinds of things. It's really kind of beautiful, and you kind of forget that it is because you're like stuck in a lab all day, and you're like you don't get to like experience it, but we had this coffee shop that was near our department that gave like an unlimited cup of coffee, which was like amazing for me. Like I was like, holy cow, you spent 200 bucks uh, for a free cup of coffee the whole year and you just go there whenever you want. And it was like a simple five minute walk to get there crossing this beautiful bridge with like waterfalls and scenery. And I was like, uh, and then I, my buddy got the same cup. And then th some of the highlights of my day was just like, Getting a text like, you want to go for coffee? Let's do it. And you're like, everything's going wrong. Every, you're like, oh, this project's never going to work. It's like, when I get, yes. And you just get a coffee, relax, take like a good 15 minutes. It can be no time at all, really, like 15, 20 minutes. Just breathe in the outside. Be reminded that there exists this world that's actually kind of nice and beautiful and like, and, and things are going okay. There's, there exists this substance called coffee, which is amazing and holy crap. And like, <laughs> it tastes good. It makes me feel good. And like, and then you have a friend who like you can talk to and like feel good. Then I come back to the lab, same exact problem. And it just feels a, a hell of a lot better. And, and it's, it's something that, you know, can really help with, uh, with feeling, inadequate or inferior just to be like okay this is normal it's totally fine and then maybe if, if it's really going bad and you're just like my god i don't even know if this project will ever work you can talk to your friend and like you know kind of get get something off your chest i mean just little things like this can really help uh you could even just step away <laughs> you yeah, could just yeah. say you know good call it's, uh Time for me to go home. I'll try again tomorrow. Like, I mean, yeah. it may be if you just got there 15 minutes ago, maybe try a little more. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like 6 p.m. You can be like, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if it's for a longer time, it's really important to communicate these problems and find resources and find help. It's kind of nice that people in today's age and in today's academia age are getting more and more aware of mental health problems and depression and uh, struggles like that and uh, it's uh, it's important to know that there are resources to help you if you feel it's a downward spiral you're stuck with it for too long uh get some get some professional help that's always a good thing yeah and yeah. if you drop out of your phd that's not necessarily a bad thing you, you can have yeah. an excellent career out of that in many cases that's an incredibly smart thing to do yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah so yeah and and for the resources part, like many universities have their counselors available for sure. this kind of stuff, so you can just talk to them. And uh, actually, I didn't know that; I just found out while I was in PhD. And uh, and it it it's really helpful uh, just by talking to someone who has been hearing the same story for many years. You know, and is a third party. It's a third party. Yeah. It's very impartial, and this is like yeah. a professional. And you're probably like the the fifth uh, imposter syndrome PhD student she's had like that day, or he's had that day. Like, exactly. Like, yeah. It's like yeah. It's just yeah. It's and they're they're used to dealing with this because every everyone deals with this. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. And I think there maybe used to be a stigma associated with that. Like yeah, I'm yeah. asking for help, I don't need help. 
like but I, but really it's one of the smartest things you can ever do for yourself oh like, hell it's yeah that you do for yourself because you care about yourself not because there's anything wrong like yeah if you're yeah if you're sick you go to the doctor usually and, uh, that's yeah if you have maybe like some unhealthy thought patterns or like something going on and you're like this doesn't feel right like i want to talk to like what's the, the best thing you can do is talk to someone else about it yeah and it doesn't even i mean you can go to professionals and and they're definitely there for that but if you if you just don't want to go there just yet and just want like someone to bounce something off of like um here's where having like an advisor aunt or uncle like that we talked about previously could be like who's who's kind of like someone who's been through you know the the trenches so to speak in in, in the, the war against nature <laughs> like like everybody else trying to trying to do what nature doesn't want it to do uh who, who knows what it's like you know and they can kind of help you or older grad students like we've all gone through this so when someone comes to you especially like uh, a, a younger phd student like when i was a PhD, older phd student or even as a postdoc or even where i am now as a scientist like you have a PhD student and they're like, oh, this is so tough. And I feel like you, you, you're instantly like uh, completely empathetic because you know, you've been through this as well. And you're just like, I remember what this is like. It, I always remember what this is like. And don't worry, everything's fine. You're going to be fine. It's like not, you can, you can always get help from people like uh, anybody around you, really. Uh, whether it's the the people within your own year or even go a little you know, like people who have been there a little longer, like everyone's more than willing to help typically uh, because we've all been there. Like this is, this is, this is completely normal. Uh, yeah. 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 It just, just to go on to your point too, uh, Liz is you never should feel bad about seeking help or like, or asking questions or anything like that. So some of the, like the real, like really, really, uh, smart people that I've encountered in, in my career always are the ones that are almost fearless about being perceived as dumb for asking questions. Like it's amazing how true that is. The smartest people are always the ones who are constantly asking questions and not afraid to see dumb. I've always, I've sometimes resisted like, oh, I don't want to ask this question. It's going to make me sound dumb. But it's it's amazing how you only help yourself. Like so, if you get through that and don't feel weird about uh, asking questions, like you just do the same kind of thing for. Don't feel weird about asking for help, asking for uh, advice, uh, or even just asking for some commiseration. Like it feels better to like just talk to someone and just have them say, "Yeah, I don't feel at all uh, being successful, and it sucks." And it's like, "Yeah, I hate it too." And then you feel a little like, even though it's like bad because you both feel this way, like you feel a little better. Like you're like, "Okay, there's some solidarity here. Like we can handle this together." It's it feels nice to rant and get stuff off your chest. That's always a good option as well. Yeah. So, so any other valuable, uh, what do you think, uh, pieces of advice for people going through imposter syndrome? Sleep well, sleep well, sleep, sleep. early. Yeah. Sleep early, wake up early. Yeah. And up in a day keeps the doctor away, all those cliches. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So your point is, I mean, I feel like maybe priority one, which I mean, I can lose sight of for sure, is like, take care of yourself. Right. Yeah. So whatever that looks like for I you, mean. if that looks like, uh, you know, waking up early, going to bed early. I mean, that's like kind of yeah. standard, but like, whatever. I mean, but if that means walking exactly. 10 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day, yeah. going to the gym, like making time for knitting, hobby, whatever. Yeah. Like a good general rule of thumb is to treat yourself like with the same care and, 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 uh, 
in consideration that you would one of your scientific samples. If you do that, you'll be like, <laughs> oh, I, I, I thought you were going to say that. You were going to say one of your best Never. friends. But okay, yeah. that's... <laughs> it's, it's sad, but that's usually... Like, I, I'm like... I, 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 you know, I'll be like, no, this has to be cared for and be like really careful and it has to be like a perfect environment and everything has to like, I don't want anything to go wrong with this. It's like, hey, aren't you falling apart? Like you're bleeding from the side. Ah, it's fine. It's fine. So it's, it's, I'll, I'll bleed now. It's fine. It's like, uh, you know, like it's amazing, <laughs> it's amazing how little we care for ourselves and how much we care for our work. And just if you just push an iota of <laughs> of of that of that care, the yeah, energy care, the the consideration you have for your work into your your own personal well being and health, like it's it's amazing how much it pays off. You're like, hey, actually, exercising does feel good, and I do feel like you know a little healthier, and that is kind of nice, you know. And then, yeah, and then, yeah. Or, or at least think of it this way: you'll you'll be healthier, so you can do even more work and get more stuff done if you're <laughs> if you're a crazy if you're a crazy researcher. You gotta take care of yourself. You got and you and if anything, uh, I think we've said today that that really I'm trying to uh, hit home more than anything else is imposter syndrome is real. It it happens. Uh, it's going to happen. If if you are in a PhD program, you must have felt it. If you're thinking of going into one, just be prepared. You will feel it, and it's totally normal. And just you know, try to use some of the the tips and, and tricks that we use to kind of deal with it. But don't ever feel like this is just me. I'm the only one who's going through this. I'm the only one who feels like a fraud. We all hit this at some point and and even until even recently like for like doesn't matter where you are in your career like you'll feel it no matter what and and I think and the other thing I would like to reiterate again just find colleagues like just find people that you can that you need a crew you need a crew to survive uh, in this world and you need it to survive in a PhD world for sure and and I think you have a good crew you're you're pretty set definitely great awesome Anything else, guys? That's all I got. Sounds great. I think we hit imposter syndrome pretty well. So yeah, I learned a lot. Yeah. Or, or, did, or did we? I think we didn't do a good job. I don't know those other <laughs> Oh, we're, we're such an inferior podcast. Oh, it's like awful. Like, I'm a, I, we only got this podcast because we're, we're, we're lucky or we're, you know, we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. See, it, it happens even now. But thank you, PhD Nation. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, again, send us emails. Send, tell us what you think. Tell any potential questions you have, any any potential topics you want us to hit, and we'll just keep cranking them out. Till then, take care, everyone, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. See ya. Bye.